your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thursday, October 28th edition of Locked On Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is a daily podcast where we talk about all things Florida Panthers. I'm Armando Velez from pantherparkway.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at Man 12 and Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. You can follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. You can also follow the national show, Locked On NHL, and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. So it's been a roller coaster of emotion, Florida Panther fans. The Florida Panthers are coming off a 4 1 victory against the Boston Bruins, but not before some crazy news and some disturbing news as well, based on the situation that's going on with the Chicago Blackhawks organization and the cloud that's surrounding the Florida Panthers team currently right now and coach Bill Quenville as he did coach last night for the Florida Panthers. And here, to discuss this is the former host of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast from pantherparkway.com, Josh Like. Josh, how are you doing, man? Good, good. I mean, kind of a uh, obviously a somber day in Pantherland, but um, happy to be on the show and to kind of dive into the week's news and kind of how that uh, is going to affect the Panthers. Yeah. And Usually, usually what I've tried to do with the show is that whenever there's a big game against either a big division rival or a big Western Conference opponent, bringing somebody on the show and due to the circumstances um, as well, I mean, this is just something that is it's surrounding the Panthers. It's surrounding the job security of Coach Q and also talking about the victim as well, which was revealed today in uh, Kyle Beach, a prospect, a former first-round pick, and a, a guy who never made his NHL debut. And maybe a lot of that has to do with everything that he went through. Um, with the reveal of Kyle Beach just one hour before puck drop, um, what were your thoughts when you uh, originally saw that who was who was revealed and what was said out loud uh, to the media as he was talking with uh, TSN uh, last night. You know, Armando, it's, it's a rough situation all around. I mean, coach Quinville is definitely um, caught up in a very uh, unfortunate situation from every angle. Uh, It's just not a good look. And I think that's kind of what I've come back to is just, um, the horror of knowing that this player, you know, now self-revealing as Kyle Beach, you know, this player 
went through a, a terrible situation where he experienced uh, a traumatic incident with somebody who was placed in authority over him inside of the Chicago Blackhawks organization. Now, I don't know, you know, you could maybe debate the semantics of, of that element, you know, as a video coach and authority, but regardless, you're in this situation where he tried to get help and the help didn't come. And what a, just a terrible place to consider being in. Um, you know, I saw some of the comments that Beach made uh, to ESPN at Sports Center tonight, you know, talking about, first of all, you know, putting his, his trust into uh, Paul Vincent, who I think, you know, as a retired police officer did pass this up to the brass in a way that um, should have indicated to them they should follow up on it, but clearly it didn't. And then you've got um, the element of him, uh, you know, talking to the the mental conditioning coach and basically the, the, the basically what amounts to the team psychologist telling, you know, Beach that he was asking for it through his actions, which is just insane. You have the the coach meeting that, you know, apparently Quinville was part of, at least for, for part of the meeting with uh, the general managers and, and, and just that whole horror of a thing. And then of course you've got even the element that was talked about on sports center tonight about Donald fair and the NHL PA uh, twice beach reached out to the players association uh, to talk about this and, and it was completely shut down. So just first and foremost, I just feel for, for the victim in this situation. And unfortunately you know, Kyle Beach is, is one of, of many people who experience this kind of uh, abuse and, and just not are, are not able to receive the help that they need. So I just want to say that first off the top, obviously feel for, for Beach and for the situation that he's in. I know he's still playing hockey. He's in a, in a European league now, but obviously, um, you know, it, it affected the course of his life. He didn't make it to the NHL and, um, you know, whether or not it's a direct result of that, I guess we won't maybe really ever know, but uh, clearly it had an effect on him. So um, as far as the, the way that that affects the Panthers, and I think that's what, you know, as Panther fans, as Panther reporters and followers, we, we want to know, you know, what does this mean for a team that's having the best start in their franchise history that um, seemed to finally unite under a, a coach Quinville, who's the second winning, most winning coach uh, in NHL history and, and all of this. And, and how does that play out? And I think, you know, we can dive into it, but what about you, Armando? What did you get from, from just the things in the last couple of days? After finding out who, after finding out who it was revealed and seeing the emotion on uh, Kyle beach, I just, part of me just wanted to, wish that I was right in front of him right here right now and just give him a hug and say like and say I'm sorry that you had to go through this and and also the confusion the very the very um broad statement too that doesn't answer all the questions there's still many things to be answered too that Coach Q's part what part of part of a meeting. Um he there there was a meeting in his office according to Kyle Beach. Um and no way in hell that Coach Q didn't know about it. And then the 
whole situation that he's in a, now in a different organization, not with the original organization. So that goes with, and the Winnipeg Jets are going through the same thing with Kevin Chivaldeoff. So it's just, man, uh, it's really hard to it's really hard to wrap your mind about because when you heard back in July that Coach Hugh said that he was going to participate in the investigation and that he had no knowledge of it. I mean, Sean McIndoe of The Athletic made something clear that it was something said to the media, not under oath. However, what you say publicly, screenshots are forever and statements are forever too. We also got to consider that part too. And Yeah. You know, I have a, a thought on that, if you don't mind. Okay, um, go, for, go for it. I, I think the thing is, and, and this is where we have to, as a society and everything else, be so careful in two ways. One, to assume that, you know, everybody knows everything at every time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and to, to, to number two, assume that we know all of the facts. And the reason I say that is, is this. I don't know what happened. And, and if Coach Quinville knew everything that happened to Kyle Beach that night in uh, you know, the Predator's apartment, um, then yeah, and he didn't do anything about it, he should be fired. But it's so hard to know what level of understanding Quinville had in that moment to make those decisions and base them off of that. You know, we have the benefit of, of 2020 hindsight where we can look back and go, well, this happened. The automatic response should have been this. Um, and, and maybe that's fair. Maybe it's not. But my point is to say this, I don't think that it's mutually exclusive to believe that coach Quinville can say he did know something happened with that player. And also this summer say he didn't know what happened with that player. Because I think it's it's conceivable to believe a scenario uh, where Coach Quinville is told, hey, there was an incident with this player and a coach and very, very little detail to that. And then for him to say this summer, I had no idea that this was you know, a sexual assault. I had no idea the extent of what this meant when I was told there was an incident. You know what I'm saying? So I guess mm-hmm. I just, I'm just trying to say like, we all have the benefit of now reading, having read that report and understanding that, but we can't assume that a couple of days after that incident in a meeting that those guys are all operating off of that same amount of information that we have today. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yeah, I, I understand. I could, I could see it as they knew an, uh, an, uh, something happened, but they didn't know at the time whether because one said it was consensual and one said it wasn't. So, so at the same time, they didn't know who to believe either. So yeah, this stuff takes time. I mean, look how long it took. It took months and months and months since this even came out, you know, uh, that this happened for us to even get this much of the picture. So to assume that within a couple of days, the, this whole picture would be crystal clear and the, the correct choice would be crystal clear. It's hard to, it's hard to, to believe that. Mm-hmm. And based on the so the Blackhawks, of course, they're very guilty in this situation. And to save face, they decide not to do anything about it. And as far as to, as far as last night's game for the Florida Panthers, um, Coach Quenville was behind the bench. And in order for the Florida Panthers to save face, 
I, I think that at least until Coach Q could have met with Commissioner Bettman, which when this recording comes out, he will be meeting with Commissioner Bettman today. We, we don't know what we don't know what's going to happen, um, but I think that for last night's game, it would have been best just to hold off until he was going to meet with the commissioner. Uh, what do you think, Josh? Well, I think, you know, it's so hard to know what to do here, too. I mean, I, obviously, this isn't a decision that Joe Quinville made on his own. Correct. This is a decision that the Florida Panthers organization made, which indicates, at least to me, that this, you know, that they believe that this will not result in Joe Quinville no longer being the head coach of the Florida Panthers. Um, you know, whether that's true, especially after the bombshell interview um, <laughs> moments before the puck drop in the Boston game, um, you know, I don't know. That remains to be seen. Um and yes, I think you could have uh, you could have taken the night off and said, "Hey, we're going to meet with the commissioner tomorrow." But the reality of it all is, you know, we do uh, we just have to be so careful about jumping to assume guilt and assume you know all of these things before we really know the facts. And maybe you know Joel Quinville has a very different perspective on all of this, but he really truly can't share that with us until he's had his chance to talk to Gary Bettman. And that's where we're at at this point. So, uh, you know, hopefully later on today, we'll, we'll hear a result of that conversation. And I know uh, Kevin Cheveldayoff also has an appointment with uh, the commissioner. I believe his is on Monday mm -hmm. um, to, to go ahead and address that. Again, I don't think the Winnipeg Jets are expecting to lose Kevin Cheveldayoff. I don't think the Florida Panthers are expecting to lose um, Joel Quinville. And if there's any indication from their decision to have him behind the bench last night, then uh, I don't think that the Florida Panthers have a plan to uh, dismiss Joel Quinville. So if anything happens, I think it's going to have to come from the league. Uh, and there's a lot of factors in that too. There's money involved in that. There's, um, you know, what do you do <laughs> if you have to get a new head coach? There's a lot going on there. It's not as simple as just like, well, that's it, you know. Yeah, it's not as simple as a uh, thing by and uh Coach Q addressed a little bit of it uh this morning and he uh talked about whether he backed his statement and um and yeah, uh David Dork had a um video on his Twitter account uh today of the response for Coach Q and um uh, and we're going to play it now for the episode on the recording right now. Before we get started, I just want to let you know that tomorrow I'll be meeting with Gary Bettman. I look forward to continuing to contribute to the process. I know I respect you all doing your jobs and having uh, your questions as well here, but uh, I won't comment any further to the appropriate time after I, I meet with the commissioner. Uh, is that meeting here or are you flying up north? Or? Uh, I believe it's in New York. Okay. Um, did you talk to anybody within the team today? Did you have a meet, team meeting? We had uh, several little quick meetings about uh, different subjects. Yeah, I was assuming that was one of them. Uh, was addressed. Any problems you feel within the room? Do you feel like this could be a distraction, anything of that sort? I think we tried to eliminate all distractions, and uh, that was one. Such a hot, hot start to the season. You have a streak, you know, coming up tonight. How do you keep your guys focused on that and not this outside distraction that I don't want to comment on? But 
How do you keep focus on hockey? Uh, it's one game at a time. Uh, you know, it's a, uh, you know, we've been playing that type of way all year long, um, and that's the focus is one shift at a time. You know, placing emphasis on the, the importance of that shift, move forward. So it's a, it's where it's at, and certain things you can control, and uh, you know, just being in the right place and being ready to play is a world. Joe, without getting into detail, do you still stand by the statement that you put out earlier this summer regarding what happened in front of? I do, but I can't comment. I comment on it. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, Josh. Yeah. Uh, he stood. He said in the. He said in the, this morning that he stood by the statement, and I don't know whether that was a PR move or whether it was just to say like no comment at this time. But he did say what he said. So. Um, yeah, but this goes back to what I meant. You know what I said a minute ago, which is you know they can be it can be true like. It can be true that he knew something happened back then, and it can also be true that he didn't know the extent of what happened back then. You know what I mean? So um, that's that's where I kind of have some pushback. And, and I'll, I'll freely admit, like, there's a bias in the fact that I love Joel Quinville as a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like, I'd like to see a due process get played out here. And if that process is going to be that Gary Bettman uh, is going to make a decision here on discipline, then so be it. But there needs to be a process. And, and I think what people don't really understand is um, it doesn't work that way where a team can just, you know, fire a coach. I mean, they yeah. can in the sense uh, that you can be fired, you know, for performance or whatever, but um, they still have to pay them. So you're talking millions and millions and millions of dollars that will be owed to Joel Quinville uh, if you fire him and then you got to replace him. So the Florida Panthers, if they don't feel the need to relieve Joel Quinville of his duties, I don't think they're going to unless the NHL steps in and says you have to. So I think that's where it really comes down to, you know, what do the Florida Panthers believe? What does the players, you know, how they feel about it? I'm sure the, the leadership core of Barkoff and Ekblad and Huberdeau are going to be consulted um, mm-hmm. on this. But at the end of the day, um, you know, we need to hear, we need to hear Joel Quinville's perspective. And right now we're not really hearing his perspective at all because he's waiting to get through this meeting with the commissioner. Absolutely. And, um, and, and yeah, once, once we know um, about the meeting, it probably won't be announced until after several day off um, meeting. So there'll probably be a meeting, but no official announcement after this. But now that we talked about the, off the ice side now let's uh shift to um we're gonna we're gonna segue into the actual game that happened so keep it right here on your first listen of the day locked on panthers we're back and better than ever all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season as always battle line is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface even more odds, props, and contests. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from football to basketball, boxing to hockey, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sport. Battle line, where the game starts. 
All right, we're back here on the second segment of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. I have the former host of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, Josh. So the Florida Panthers, um, tell me if you've heard this before. Um, the Florida Panthers win a game by a final score of four to one. The third time that that has been a final score this season. Now in every single game, the Florida Panthers have scored four goals in, in every single one of their games. Um, this is the first time we've talked in podcast form. We've mostly been talking uh, through a group chat, but man, what are your thoughts on this season for the Cats? Well, four is my favorite number right now. Um, I am uh, super excited about the way that the Panthers have been playing this season. Uh, just a phenomenal uh, uptick in passion and in uh, energy for the team right out of the gate. And, and, you know, for me, it really started in that preseason game uh, against the Dallas Stars. You know, the preseason game where the rookies really stepped up and played hard against the Stars veterans and beat them. Mm -hmm. And right after that preseason game, uh, some of the Florida Panther veterans uh, said in their second game against the Stars that week, you know, we, we were motivated by the rookies' passion. And we saw that they stepped it up and we wanted to play hard for them. And that's the kind of stuff you want to see out of a team that wants to win Stanley Cups. You want to see a team that's playing with passion in the preseason, just fired up to play hockey and to win games for their team and not just for their team, but for each other. And that's what I think we're seeing now is a solidification of this Florida Panthers core. They finally stepped into their own as um, just unbelievable players. I mean, when you go up and down the depth of the Florida Panthers right now, it's just phenomenal. It's the best team that the Panthers have ever had on paper. And then you couple in all of that awesomeness, like that ice cream sundae of amazingness, and then just the whipped cream and sprinkles on top is that Sergei Bobrovsky <laughs> is Sergei Bobrovsky again. Yeah. Like, he's back, and, and he's playing unbelievable hockey. Uh, when the Panthers need him to play that way. And so um, I have some thoughts about what, you know, off-season subtractions may have helped with that. We could talk about that. But, uh, man, isn't it just great to see uh, Sergeant Bobrovsky out there again stopping uh, pucks from entering the crease? Absolutely. And he made some great saves on really uh, at, on, on shots that were, like, right at the doorstep. There were so many times where he was on his back tonight as well. Um, 30 of 31. A 968 save percentage on tonight's game um, for for Bobrovsky playing uh, five of the seven uh, so far, and we've also had a couple of firsts on on the board uh, tonight. Mason Marchment, Mason Marchment, what a find for uh, Dale Talon just a few years ago on the defensive end, especially with his hits in the neutral zone. He had one in the Panthers round this time around that stopped a. Uh, uh, that made uh, Boston go one and done. And Sam Reinhart, man, we, I, I really appreciate really Sam Reinhart's play, finding both Marchman and Itulus Therainen as well, another first um, in this one, um, his first goal of the season, stepping in for Joe Thornton when he was scratched, and now Anton Lindell missing the last two games. Man, what, what, what a game for, for this team, and especially with these uh, first, on the board now, it's like 14 different full scores uh, for for the Panthers, I believe. Man, the the depth upside up and down is just amazing. Well, and it's solid depth too, and I mean that's what's really 
uh, been so great to watch like the defensive depth on the Panthers this season. It's not like on paper, the deepest defensive core, but uh, those six defensemen for the Panthers have just been playing great hockey defensively. Mm-hmm. Now, there's been some contributions, you know, Ekblad's had a few and, and Uyghur's been on the board, but um, that decor has just been playing so great. And I think probably the game that I enjoyed the most so far this season has been uh, the game against Philadelphia. Now, I don't know what the opposite of a fan club is, but whatever the opposite of a fan club is, I'm the president of it when it comes to Keith Yandel. Um, not a big fan of Yandel. Um, super frustrated for the last several years that Yandel played with the Panthers. And one of the major reasons that I really was frustrated with Keith Yandel uh, as a player for the Panthers was his defensive liability. Uh, he was just consistently uh, leaving his goalies out to dry. And it's amazing, amazing to me, Armando, how when there's not a Keith Yandel on the ice, all of a sudden, uh, Sergei Bobrovsky's save percentage goes up, his opportunities to stop shots and not have crazy breakaways, guys getting turn-styled. Uh, it's just all slowed down. I really like that. And, of course, uh, there was that uh, amazing moment in the Philadelphia game where uh, Jonathan Huberdeau was able to blow past Yandel and get one. So um, just throwing that out there, it seems like when you take away that giant defensive liability, the Panthers' defense improves. So to make an old joke from uh, an old version of Locked on Panthers, you know, it used to say uh, the defense suck, but uh, not so much anymore. You know, it's actually pretty good. They're doing well. And uh that's been really fun to see on top of all the depth players, like you mentioned, uh, who are putting pucks in the net or at least create an opportunity. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the, and, and that Philadelphia game of uh, five of the six goals by both teams, only one of them were even strength. So yeah. So, and in four of the seven games, uh, the Florida Panthers only allowed one goal in four of the seven games. So I, um. The the NHL website hasn't updated. I'm gonna check as we speak, but I believe that the Florida Panthers are now leading um the league in goals against. Um and it's it's amazing how what happens when you're you have we, we knew we know this team can score. We, we that's something we knew even when Bob Bugner was the coach of this team. And now and now look look what happens. Look, look what happens just a few years later um, with, with Coach Q coming into the mix. Yeah, we have that cloud over the team right right now, but still, like what this team has been able to do with um, him at the helm, I'm looking up goals against. Um, and the Florida Panthers are actually um, third in the league at 1.86 behind uh, Buffalo and Carolina right now. So, um, yeah. Uh, they're, seems they're, like the problem. Seems like the problem in Buffalo was Jack Eichel, huh? <laughs> Crazy to think you would think. <laughs> um, but just a few years ago, the Buffalo Sabers were off to a fast start. I, I forget which year. I don't know whether it was 2018 or 2019, and then they ended up in the bottom of the league. So uh, I think this is just a fast start uh, for the Sabers. I don't know how uh, sustainable it is. But another player I want to talk about um, is uh, Anthony Duclair as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, earlier, earlier it, last year, especially. Uh, he was having a hard time finishing a lot of his breakaways. And, of course, last year he was on a new team trying to find that chemistry with uh, Barkov and Verhage. And now that chemistry is there. He started off on the 
freaking fourth line fourth line this year and immediately within like a game and a half uh he's back he's back on the on the first line it it, it was quick it was quick for him for Q to say oh nope we're putting you here and five goals three of those are on breakaways and then two of those are on uh empty netters and speed kills josh yeah yeah duke is fast man i mean every time he gets the puck you don't have to tell me i don't have to read the jersey numbers i know who it is right Mm -hmm. like when he gets the puck he's so fast so explosive uh he comes up the wall he he dekes in real hard and i like the way that he's really built this like trademark um where he just like is strong on the puck and then just drives to the net with it uh man it's been a long time since the panthers had a player that did that and it just creates another element where barkoff and verhage are able to uh create plays and and be able to drive and, and get themselves open so that declare can get them the puck or they can get him the puck um it's great i think it's going to be great and what that does too is it frees up uh sam reinhardt to now play on this third line where he's kind of the the powerhouse puck distributor for uh e2 listerine and and for um mason marchman so it's just been looking pretty amazing yeah and and we didn't even and this is without anton lindell missing the last two games too and e2 listerine and part of the vintage project trade the um the the that goal by listerine and he was on on his knees right on the doorstep of uh Linus Allmark who's a from his uh from especially from last year in Buffalo the only goalie to have a winning record um again um on that really horrible um last year and I also got to give credit to um Aaron Ekblad on that Duke goal for finding that stretch pass uh knowing that I mean I I I I I really don't care if someone's like waiting at the top of the blue line, waiting for something like I, people can call it cherry picking all they want, but I don't care. But like, but Aaron Ekblad's ability to just, and, and Mackenzie Weegers, another, um, another one that just with that stretch pass, you have, you, you risk, uh, get having the puck intercepted in the neutral zone, going the other way, uh, risking what, if your team happens to be, uh, changing a uh, shift, doing a shift change too, that going the other way and having a goal against on your end, but Ekblad and Uyghur, Ekblad specifically today, found a way to like also convert on that stretch pass by Duke, and then Duke finished it off. Like the passing on this team too is just amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things where um, the team just is clicking and and when you have a team that's clicking what's great is you can have a night where your superstars maybe aren't the best players on the ice but you still win games and i feel like that's how the game against boston went i mean i i I don't think anyone particularly had a bad game uh but you have a game where your superstars are working and they're focused on neutralizing the superstars on the other team which i think is fair to say in the boston game and then you're allowing your third and fourth lines to excel and to really uh, get some crazy good opportunities against weaker competition. And that's exactly the display that the Panthers put on against the Boston Bruins. I'll be honest with you, that that game against Boston was the first one that I was a little worried about for the Panthers. You know, like, mm-hmm. hey, what's going to happen here? Um, not just with all the off-ice stuff, but just the fact that you go, you know, you go on a run, you win six in a row. Then you come up against a, a pretty good Bruins team, and and that might be the game that you kind of can let off the gas. And I remember I was at the Arizona Coyotes game on Monday, 
and just felt like, man, did you, did you catch by the way that the coyotes only had one shot in the first period? Yeah. It, it yeah. Didn't, and it was the goal. It was, it was the yeah. turnover at the top of the yeah. blue line too. Yeah. It was the goal from Keller. And other than that, um, you know, they, they, they had just been dominating the coyotes and I was like, man, this is just a great game. And then for the Panthers and then in the third period, it felt like they, they let off the gas mm-hmm. and Arizona came back and, and scored a couple goals. And, and all of that was from sloppy play. Like all of that was from just neutral zone, like a lazy cross ice passing and just not even caring. And I wondered, can you come back from that and then put your foot back down on the gas against Boston? And they did. They put their foot back down on the gas. And so now, you know, going into the weekend, you got a real hot Detroit Red Wings team. You got Boston again. Uh, and then you got whatever's going to happen uh, off ice. So, man, I mean, it's it's crazy to think, like, the Panthers could win their next two, too, if they stay at this pace. I mean, they're playing unbelievable hockey right now. Yeah, and um, this was a game where the Florida Panthers started off uh, low. Um Forsling, Forsling especially was uh, had a lot of uh, turnovers uh, in the Panthers zone, which was what led to the first goal, which was deflected off Owen Tippett, which was now, I believe, the third goal that the Florida Panthers have let up with a deflection off a, a skater. And, uh, man, Bobrovsky had multiple opportunities for uh, shutouts this season, but hey. We'll take the wins where we get them. Like they were outshot fifteen to five in the first period, and then they come dominating that second period, outshooting Boston fourteen to four, and then they really woke up. That's when, that's when, um, that that that's when uh, Ito Lusterainen tied tied um, not tied uh got the go ahead goal with the uh, Florida Panthers. They lost the faceoff battle, I believe. Uh, two th- um Boston had two thirds of the faceoff wins, and um man the Florida Panthers were just able to just not allow many chances after that. And when they did, um, Bob was just there to shut the door. Another great performance by Bob. And I saw a page that he was favorite to win the Vezina trophy after like seven games. I'm like, I'm not there yet, but he's looking good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy to think where this team was, you know, two seasons ago in the playoff bubble in Toronto uh, to today. I mean, it's just what, what an evolution of a team in the last, what is it? 24 months or so. Mm -hmm. It's just unbelievable. August 1st was the Florida Panthers. first game back from the COVID shutdown, August 1st, 2020. Okay. And yeah. So not even, huh? Yeah. We are, we're almost, we're almost, uh, we're just about 15 months later. Gosh, yeah. What a, what's going on by this team? So, yeah, shifting over to we're so shifting over to uh, what's to come. So we're gonna we're gonna take a little break and then we're going to shift to what's to come for the Florida Panthers ahead this weekend. So keep it right here on your first listen of the day, Locked On Panthers. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. 
Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest price possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control models and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are, are reliably low and are the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, we're back here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, where the Florida Panthers are coming off a 4-1 to victory over the Boston Bruins at the FLA Live Arena. A familiar score for Florida Panther fans this season. This is their third time that they've uh, sported a kind of uh, score like this against a opponent and uh, of those all those three games were against contenders of Tampa Bay Colorado and now I mean many people don't see Boston now as a contender with um, with them getting a little older losing David Krejci Duka Rask being hurt but man let's 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 look ahead a little bit Josh um, the Detroit Red Wings they have two great rookies in more Sider, defenseman and Lucas Raymond, who's playing on the, that top line with Dylan Larkin. They win tonight on the road against uh, Washington. By the way, um, yeah. Alex Ovechkin, uh, Alex Ovechkin goal. gets his eighth goal of the season. He's going to break that record uh, by uh, Wayne Gretzky, not this year, but in like the next like three or four years. But the Red Wings win in overtime, and I'm looking at the adjusted standings, and this is a team that Steve Eiserman, I mean, with the asset management that Steve Eiserman has done, even with something as simple as taking 25% of David Savard's contract for a fourth-round pick, that's really not the biggest deal in the world, but hey, we eat up a little bit of it, and you still get an asset out of it, um, getting Alex Nedeljkovic, um, and for, for basically nothing. Um, and how Steve Eiserman has built this team. It, uh, it, it looks like that they're uh, really ahead of uh, their rebuild when people thought that it was good, possibly going to be Ottawa who was going to be ahead of Detroit in this one. What are your thoughts on the upcoming opponent? Well, I mean, I think there's uh, been two parades in the last year in Tampa Bay uh, to celebrate how good of a GM Steve Eiserman is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a good one, and he's, he's making good choices. He's letting guys develop at their own pace. Um, you know, that's what he does. You know, what he's going to do with Detroit, you know, in the next, you know, five seasons or so, they're going to be a really, really good team. And they're laying the foundation for that right now, um, you know, with these young guys. I mean, Raymond looks unbelievable. Cider looks like he's going to be the next Nick Cronwell. 
um, you know, it's, it's coming together. So I think, you know, Detroit's going to be really good. I think Ottawa's got some good players too, but if you told me today that I could be the general manager of either uh, the Detroit Red Wings or the Ottawa centers, I would 100% choose the Detroit Red Wings. Um, they, they definitely have, uh, I think a better core and a better future. Um, and they're looking great. I mean, they look great in their game against Washington, but they've looked great overall. So Friday night is going to be an interesting test for the Florida Panthers. Uh, I believe the, the plan is for Bobrovsky to start against Detroit and for Spencer Knight to have a homecoming game against the Boston Bruins, uh, his alma mater being Boston University. Um, mm-hmm. or Boston College. Sorry, you can't get that wrong. You can go get shot. Um, but um, you know, I think that's gonna be a good deal uh as far as um you know the Panthers getting a chance to to test out this Detroit team. And uh they have a lot of speed and the Panthers have a lot of speed, so it should be a real good game. Yeah, and their uh leading scorer as far as goals is a guy who can't even uh play games in Canada right now. The only uh unvaccinated player uh right now in the nhl with uh with mackenzie uh, blackwood starting his process with uh, his vaccine for the new jersey devils uh tyler bertuzzi um he had a four goal game uh just in the second game of the season for detroit against tampa which they eventually lost but tyler bertuzzi um he he's he's another one who's just been on fire uh dylan larkin leading the team in assists too and Man, this this Detroit Red Wings team they they have a they have a they have such a they have such a bright future and Tyler Bertuzzi uh like the second round picks only pan out thirty percent of the time in the NHL and Tyler Bertuzzi was a former fifty eighth overall pick so man what yeah a- well if there's anything that Panther fans know it's that Bertuzzi's are always great for your franchise um you know it's uh. It's one of those situations where uh, you got a guy who's who's so good in Bertuzzi. You got a guy who's so good in Dylan Larkin. You got a guy who's who's looking like he's going to be so good in Lucas Raymond. And then you just you know you have to go okay, well, how quick can they turn this whole thing over um, and get a couple of veterans and put the pieces around? And I think they took steps with getting the goalie from Carolina. They took steps with signing some veteran free agents and choosing not to sign some others like Bobby Ryan. Uh, but yeah, this Detroit team is looking great. Absolutely, and they also there. And Jacob Verano hasn't even played this season. A, a a trade that they got from the Washington Capitals last year. It looked like that um, for Anthony Mantha and Verano. Um, he was playing well last season. He hasn't played at all this season. And the asset that they used to with the pick. Uh, in the NHL entry draft last year, they used it to trade it up to get one of the top goalie prospects in Sebastian Coza. So that's they're, they're safe in net as well. I mean, Thomas Grice. I don't know which uh I I don't know which uh goalie we're gonna see uh Friday, but Thomas Grice, Florida Panther fans really know uh yeah. all about Th- Thomas Grice, especially from 2016. But uh, I mean, he's 35 years old, so I don't know if we'll we'll see. I'm I'm looking up his uh, numbers as uh as uh, we speak but um tom, tom, yeah, i'm hoping that's not who we're playing uh thomas christ is a panther killer for sure yeah so three games 2.80 uh goals against average and a save percentage of 914 through three games so mm, so de- decent not not the best but but hey whenever he plays the panthers uh it's usually uh not good but hey 
maybe maybe they'll get him this time around. So. Yeah, we'll see. Should be a good game. And then, like I said, the rematch with Boston in Boston with Spencer Knight between the pipes. That should be a great game as well. Two two pretty high octane games uh, this weekend. Oh, and speaking of Boston and speaking of New England, um, the Florida Panthers did go to a Miami Dolphins game this weekend, and everybody was wearing a Miami Dolphins jersey except Spencer Knight. So I'm assuming he's a New England Patriots fan. So, so you, know, you got to respect um, him for his home. Yeah, maybe maybe he's just too cool to wear a jersey. You know, kids <laughs> these days. I don't know. I like yeah. to, I like to believe better. Yeah. So I, I I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that as a guy from uh, Darien, Connecticut, and and man, so you're right. It should be a homecoming for Spencer Knight if you if he is the coach or whoever uh or whoever ends up uh coaching the panthers that would be that would be a pretty cool move to have spencer knight there for sure but yeah i think that's the plan i think that's what was said so Mm -hmm. um you know that'll be a a big night for him and i'm sure he'll have a ton of uh college buddies hitting him up for tickets and stuff um but yeah it should be a big night for him in boston and hopefully that just gives him a bunch of energy and and he has a an unbelievable game in a building that he's played a lot of games in Mm -hmm. definitely but yeah uh but yeah josh anyways thank you so much for uh jumping on the locked on florida panthers podcast uh with me I know uh, this hasn't been an easy uh, show to talk about, especially in the beginning. And this uh, story isn't over um, for the Florida Panthers, Coach Quenville, and everything surrounding the Panthers. We'll talk more about, of course, you and I personally through the group chat in um, about this and what's to come. And Anytime you want to come on the show, you're more than welcome. So uh, for for people who haven't heard your voice in a little bit and and all like plug, plug your socials, where can people find you on, on the Internet? <laughs> Nowhere. I am. Uh, I am off the grid, my friend. But uh, you can find me at a Panther game almost every time there's a home game. So just look for the biggest guy walking around. That's usually me. <laughs> hey, good for you for being off the grid, man. Uh uh that that the, the there's no uh distraction there for uh for everyday life and you're just focusing on you so i gotta give you credit there josh for sure yeah man trying to build stanley cup habits you know mm-hmm, absolutely that's a good that's a good <laughs> mindset but but anyways thank you so much uh josh for coming on the show no problem and if you like what you're hearing please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the lockdown florida panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark where they'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. And when you're done listening to this episode of Locked On Panthers, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Collin leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms, so subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. I'm Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Oh.